Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. I'm feeling the weight of the world off my shoulders now because I can drop Fernando Tatis in TGFBI. Yeah, and you should. I, I well, I did. I mean, what? Um, I compared it to losing Michael Brantley for the rest of the season and carrying his. It's extremely for a while. insulting, but fair enough. I mean, the, okay. So the the advantage. <laughs> Who gave more fantasy value this year? <laughs> well, the advantage for Tatis. Well, Tatis explicitly did the most damage of any fantasy pick this year. Like, there's yeah. no question. But you burned a first rounder, you burned a roster spot for nothing. In, you know, the, the only upside would be if you had a, if you were in a team that had an injured list or in a league that had an injured list, you used to be able to slot him on that. But now he's suspended. <laughs> yeah. So you can't anymore. So now he really is just a dead roster spot. In TGFBI, it's not so bad. You can weather the storm with, you know, one dead roster spot. Mm-hmm. But I will say, freeing up that roster spot is you know makes a big difference makes a big deal getting in getting in one more pitcher that you know might get it might have a two-star week so you can rotate him into your lineup i mean there's yeah it's huge there are real I mean, things such a yeah. wasted opportunity with that i mean i was feeling that with with lance lynn it's like is this guy ever going to come back because this is i had lance lynn yeah. and fletcher yeah. yeah and finally it's like i can't i can't sit here i have no idea if fletcher is back is fletcher back i'd like i don't know Let's see, David Fletcher. He's gotten 28 games. Yeah, good for him. I guess my, my question is, the over-under next year for where he gets picked, is he picked top 60? Yeah, I mean, that's a spot. In a, in a 12-team mixed, one of your five guys, if your draft is going really well, yeah, if you yeah, if somehow you have, like, you grab Judge and Burns, and then, I, I don't know, the third round came around, and you're like... I don't even know. I know. But yeah, I could see it. I could see people taking him top 60. You're carrying a dead roster spot for a quarter of the year because I think it's 42 games next year. So you've got a quarter of the year that you have a dead roster spot. It's more impactful in fantasy because it's front loaded. So it's going, it's really going to hurt you. Uh, we don't actually know what he looks like on the field. <laughs> like we assume he's okay, but he felt like he needed to take steroids to get back. So. Yeah, that's not a good sign. <laughs> it's like it doesn't seem great. Yeah. Um, happier news. Starting to see some late season call ups, and this is gonna be we gotta stay on top of this somehow. I just picked up Vaughn Grissom on his one day track record of a home run and a stolen base. Uh, but to be honest, he hasn't disappointed. He didn't disappoint over the weekend. But I wanted to actually just compliment you because you were hundred percent right. Where did he come from? Oh, it's double A. They pulled him yeah. straight out of double A. Yeah. You were 100% right. 100% right. No, the guy. It's, I, I finally noticed this trend. I'm sure that there's like scout people. Yeah. Um, Smata, don't at me. <laughs> who's like, yeah. But I just think about all the all the Salt Lake City Bees games that I saw. Mm. And it was like, who'd you see in those games? You saw guys that were like regulars on the Bees yeah. who'd been there for a long time who are sitting there 
at third base just about as good as a professional player if the professional player was an all-star in front of him. Yeah. Just sitting there, like, ready. And then they'd get, when they'd get called up, it was an injury. It yeah. was an injury. Someone, like, who, who was on the regular season squad got hurt. They needed it. It was a long reliever. There he goes. There, there goes the bee's chances of having a, a good long reliever. Is it a catcher? <laughs> well, there goes a catcher. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't the, like, we need a shot in the arm player. It was, like, a the roster's expanded and we, we actually have a hole in yeah. our roster and need to fill that, right? Whereas Von Grissom, I mean, why, why not? No, you're you're absolutely right. Anyway, I, I just thought it was very interesting. Like, okay, it's a double A. So we got to start being on double A watch. This is my, you know, I don't know how to do this, but I'm telling the listener it's time to be on, on double A watch. We're in that part of the season where we're going to start to see some of this happening. Yeah, let's figure that out. All right. Uh, let's check in and do some fantasy check-ins here. Fantasy leaders, Aaron Judge, you know, whatever, 11 weeks. Justin Verlander putting together a little thing here. Uh, he's on two weeks right now. McClanahan had a good week, so I think we might see him back. TGFBI, I'm at 354. Little move up. You're at 264. Still continuing to move up. Congratulations. Things are looking good. Doing all right. Yeah, I know. One, I was once, for the week, I was 164. You were, you were 120. So you're moving... Move faster in the right direction if you want second derivatives. I'm all about all about that second derivative. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I think we're both going the right direction. Again, I'm not. I don't think there's enough statistical sample there to say that um, this isn't just us passing mostly guys that have checked out. Yeah, dead teams and um, dead teams and close to dead teams. Yeah, yeah, zombie teams running out there. All right. Right, because we're again we're in the peloton. It's like we're not talking the guys who are, the ones that are in the top hundred. It gets really competitive in the top like sixty. Those are people that are on their game, have accumulated players that are on their game, yeah. and then this this two hundred to <laughs> like two hundred. I guess it's two hundred to four hundred is this group of like everything clusterfucky. Yep. Yep. And you know, I've actually I've actually realized recently that my the league that I'm in is anomalously bad. Like I'm tenth. Oh, is I'm it? I'm tenth in my league. Oh wow. So I I, w- I want to do some. I mean I'm going to do some analysis at some point because I'm wondering if guys you actually need to get into a bad league to do super well overall because we have a guy who's in the top ten in our league um, as well and I'm wondering you know do you you have to you have to get slightly lucky and that you get randomly placed in a league with guys that just don't do as yeah. well so you don't you don't have yeah, to compete yeah. to pick up guys or um, I think there's something to be said for that. No, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. Last year, I was in. A, I felt like I was in a not good, but like competitive. Well, that's the thing is that if you have one of the best, if you have one of the guys who's the best, then like, yeah, then it must be taking advantage of of other people. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got one in the 30s. I have someone who's top 10 and someone who's in, in 35. So that's, I think that one of the, the like. There's there's been a dead team from like the beginning in my league, I mm. think. Yeah, there's a dead team in mine too. Dead, dead team. Well, today we're gonna continue stats one oh one. This is gonna be lesson one. We're gonna talk about data classes and descriptive statistics. And the framing that I wanted to use for this is sort of discussing small numbers, large samples, ratios. We're gonna think about fantasy statistics and how we can describe those and some of the vagaries that get into those. So here we go. Well, I guess the, the fundamental question here is, so we talked last time about what we were hoping to do, um, and we, we sort of teased descriptive statistics a little bit and talked through, through some of the basics. We have some numbers this week. 
But the key thing that I was thinking about as I was putting together these numbers is how do we select the data that we're going to analyze? Uh, this is not trivial. So let me give you some hard, hard numbers here. There's 1,297 guys that have gotten a PA so far this year in the MLB. This is 2022. Uh, and when you look at this, the median number of PAs is 179. The mean, though, is 203. And interestingly, Python doesn't make it super easy to get a mode. But in case you were wondering, the mode is actually one. Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys have only one play to That's right. Nice. And then on the pitching side, there's 785 guys who have pitched this year at all. Uh, the median, though, is 30 innings pitched. The mean is 38.6 innings pitched. And the mode is, again, one. It's a little tighter. A little tighter. Oh, is that? I guess that's not tighter. Percentage-wise, it's not tighter. It's not right? tighter. It's, it's no. the 20% off. I mean, so, so the first thing to notice here, median, mean, appreciably different in these samples so that's going to be our first oh, for sure that's anytime you i see a sample like this that's an immediate hint that like ooh, it's going to be a little bit more complex than i thought this is not a normal distribution yeah yeah that's right and if you know if you know that you know the distribution is not normal the typical curve the normal curve google it right the gaussian to. yeah so so what so what do we do i mean what this is again the question that we're trying to answer is how do we select the data that we're analyzing um, I, I sort of know how we want to do it in fantasy, but I don't. I don't actually have any good heuristics for, uh, for overall. I mean, other than we need to do. I mean, I would make a histogram, I guess, and do some data exploration of these. Well, we've. This is something that we've struggled with a lot yeah. over the course of us doing this because we know that if we look at the universe of baseball players, that does not that encompasses all the fantasy players. But the fantasy relevant players are a subset of that. This is a this is the every every square is a rectangle, but not every rectangle is a square, right? <laughs> yeah, we are no, absolutely. And we we've sort of we there have been some efforts that we've had where it's like, well, we need to actually um, develop a sample from from the um, baseball statistics, wherein we're either sorting by um, percentiles to decide. Mm-hmm. Where we just have a, a quick, clear cutoff um, to say, like, whoop, if you haven't gotten more than X number of plate appearances this season, you're out of the analysis. Mm-hmm. Which is tough because sometimes it's like, well, you need to look over the last two weeks. Yeah. How many have you gotten? We're, I mean, so I'm gonna, we're going to talk a little bit about, I'm going to show you a little bit how these, these hard cuts play out in the actual numbers in a little bit. You know, this this is a crazy I'm glad we're doing this again because this is a fundamental question that we don't have an answer to it turns out <laughs> like, right and then even and then you put a note here which is which is a great one to to remember because we are in a home league that is 12 teams and then we're in this TGFBI league that is more player each it's 15 teams yeah. but each team holds a lot more players yeah. so it's very shallow so if you if we create the cutoff for the 12 team league well, that's like the best players that are no shit owned in, <laughs> right, right. in TGFBI. It's like, oh, well, this, like, there's like the, this 10% of churn in the 12 team league. Well, those are actually all like, that's, that's the meat and potatoes of where there's differences in, in TGFBI. So, yeah, is it, this is an interesting, what is, what are the, what are the requirements of, of the tests that we're doing? For the leagues that we're doing them for, yeah. we started. Yeah. Um, 
we started having a, a little conversation about margin of error before this because if you were to figure out what the what the actual um, sample size was that we were supposed to use for any of our problems, <laughs> one of the key variables to determine that is what our stated margin of error is. And then as we were discussing, well, the margin of error really is the difference between two teams when you ta- when you control for um, injuries mm-hmm. and schedule. The margin of error is what ends up making the two teams win. Mm-hmm. One one team win over another one. If we were to play out randomly, just like you know that the the player picking model, yeah, pick those pick those at random, and then have each team just never never change their um, never change their any of the players. You'd end up having one team win, right? Yep, because that's the margin of error between the different players. Yeah, just just by statistical fluctuation, and and this isn't. I mean, we're we're talking about this through a fantasy baseball lens, but this is not just a problem unique to fantasy baseball. I mean, this is all sorts of sample selection issues everywhere. Oh yeah, I mean, like I, I in in my previous life working in transportation modeling, you one of the pieces was you needed to create a survey to ask how often are you traveling. And then to be able to get that information regionally, so I take eight trips a day. I mm-hmm. leave my house eight times. Over that, over that, six of those are with my car. I go an average of thirty uh, minutes in the car each one of those trips. Well, to like to get that understanding of the region, each region is different. Mm-hmm. Rochester, New York, has a different number of trips than Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City has a different number than Minneapolis, and the composition of those trips is different. To be able to back yourself into this, to understanding of the regions, and, and to be able to say, well, Minneapolis takes twelve trips a day, Rochester takes sixteen. Here's here's what the difference is of of those, and this is what it will do to the transportation grid in that area. Is all very all really huge and very interesting but it relies on to be able to get that understanding at a simple level through that mean median and mode you need to have a really good sampling technique to be able to say that i actually i haven't just picked the random the birkenstock wearing hippies <laughs> and i haven't just picked the like lead foot suburbanites either i've actually gotten the correct mix of these for this area here again, so like in in fantasy baseball, we're trying to say where's a cutoff to make sure that we're actually like we're we're doing this analysis on fantasy relevant yeah. players for this league. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. in this, it's like, well, let's make sure that we don't survey anyone who's in you know prison. <laughs> right. Yeah. So <laughs> or so, or has known problems of tra- tra- traveling. So I think we should talk, let's talk about the scoring statistics and how they break down into yeah, three do classes, and then let's come back to this. The, the different classes of players and think about sample selection through that. So the scoring statistics to me break down into 3.5 different classes. And we've, we've discussed this a little bit. And this is actually what makes fantasy baseball such a rich tapestry is that we're trying to predict actually across three different, across three different types of statistical variables. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so all yeah. of these, you know, all of these are different. And if you're thinking about the margin of error in all of these, the margin of error is really different in, in these different classes, right? So the first one to me is ratios. We've got average, the ten, standard 10-team 10 scoring or 10-category scoring, average ERA whip. Something like the median is 3.52 ERA for pitchers who have 100-plus innings. Here we go. Here's a big cutoff. 
Uh, it turns out it's 4.15 if you don't apply anything, and then 3 if you would just ask for the top 200, which is pretty amazing. Um, top 200 is by 200 by innings pitched. Median for whip, 1.192. Uh, median for batting average is 2, 242. And all of these change if you don't apply, if you apply cuts or you apply some sort of attempted um, fantasy relevant weighting. And I find all of that, I find all of that to be very interesting, but these, these tend to be pretty stable, I think. These are good targets. The medians are good targets for your fantasy team overall. Right, and this is, this is an accuracy versus precision thing because each year it's going to be stable. See our yeah. conversations about ball changes. Yeah, right. That have happened many times in league history. Like the dead ball era, was it was because the ball was one way and then they changed it and immediately, there goes Babe Ruth. <laughs> like no one had hit home runs like that. Ty Cobb like never hit home runs. All of a sudden, Babe Ruth does. So what's what's kind of nice about this is that you're you're quoting statistics for this year, but generally those those are going to travel together pretty well. There in and even we've controlled a little bit more even because AL versus NL has was like a little tiny wrinkle that is now sort of sort of gone. Yeah, it's a good point. Like you say, two twenty nine. If no inning. Innings pitch cut for the um, cut, innings pitch cut. You mean plate yeah. appearances cut for um, the average. So if your team can't hit two twenty nine, <laughs> there's something. Yeah, wrong. you've got like you've picked the wrong guys, or you know, or you're running a really aggressive strategy. Uh, I mean, so so right. I've offered you another three sample selection styles here, um, and I think you know we should we should picture these in the end, right? So the simplest one was like, okay, well, I put in some sort of denominator threshold right in all of these where i said okay you got to be over 100 plus plate appearances or 100 plus innings pitched which really cuts down the universe of players and then i did the blind sample so all 1200 and all 700 pitchers all 1200 batters and all 700 pitchers and then i thought okay well actually fantasy relevant let me cut this down a little bit to to a standard league we know the top 200 ish guys are going to be owned on or those are the guys that you should be considering in the universe by plate appearances. It's not all. It's not always perfect. At, you know, see our whole call up discussion or guys that are injured that aren't going to appear in this list, but you would want to own. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think these these become more egregious of cuts as you uh, march down the list of other statistics. Yeah, well, this is, it's also very interesting on this this average ERA and WHIP because, as you said, you know, it's a different style than the others, and at the ratio statistics are so much more likely to suffer from Yule Simpson. Yeah, effect, yeah. Wherein, sure, it's three point five two for the for pitchers over one hundred innings pitched. Well, that doesn't mean every week you're getting a three point five two. You could have a couple. We could have like three weeks in the twos, and then one week in six yep. and then it's going to average right out yep. and then your team could win those three you could go three for four with those whereas a team that goes 352 on the dot every week could lose every single week yeah and a head-to-head yeah it's crazy i mean we talked a little bit about the the vagaries of head-to-head versus full season roto and how again it all comes back to this idea of the margin of error which i guess we should probably talk about specifically in one of these sessions <laughs> Well, there you go. There's a new topic. It seems, it seems like we're it seems like we're already in, in episode one. We figured out what that mystery topic. I know. Was seems, seems like we need to go there because I, uh, you know, the way that the error projects into full season roto versus the way that the margin of error projects into 
uh, week head-to-head is going to be super different, and it's really going to matter. And that brings us to our next category, which is three statistics that are what would be called Poissonian, which is small number statistics, where there's literally a handful of observations every every week or something. And this is this is saves, this is wins, this is stolen bases. So bizarrely, the median pitcher win 100 plus innings is eight, which is pretty amazing at this point. But if you don't apply an, an innings pitched cut, it's one. <laughs> and if you <laughs> take the top 200 in innings pitched, it's two. So this tells you that something is still wonky in the sample. Wow. If, if even the top 200 it's are, it, it's a super low. And the answer here is actually because if you look at the number of guys who have a hunting hundred plus innings pitched, it's only eighty. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that makes sense. So, so if you essentially cut this down to say, give me the top eighty, it would be it would be eight wins. But but that's crazy. I mean, because this is immediately tells you that like picking the sample is going to be a little bit a little bit harder. But, but even more ridiculous to me is saves, which is the median <laughs> saves for pitchers with a hundred plus innings is zero, <laughs> which which makes sense. And it's zero if you don't apply yeah. an innings pitch cut, and it's zero if you take the top two hundred in innings pitched. However, an, it's it's a just like really <laughs> specific population that doesn't necessarily correlate with statistics yes and th- and this gets i mean this is what i'm gonna what you're gonna talk about a little bit later which is how it relates to sampling techniques and what do you do when you have this completely unique population i mean to go back to your traffic analogy this is like to be like surveying truck drivers all the time <laughs> right like yeah like, like tell oh, me about your shoot. traveling habits yeah <laughs> oh shoot we got the ups driver uh, yeah exactly yeah, no. like wow everyone here drives so much <laughs> And so saves saves is a crazy one because uh, no all three of the strategies that I just told you for sampling don't don't work uh, the simple sampling strategies so we're gonna have to think about that a little bit more and it's it's not that distinct from stolen bases which is the median for a hundred plus PA batters is two and then it's one if you don't have an innings pitch cut and then it's three point five if you take the top two hundred PAs but we know there are guys that have thirty stolen bases. <laughs> we've seen them yeah we know that they they exist so you know this tells you immediately again that something is that something in this distribution or some the underlying structure of this distribution is going to be strongly non-normal there's non-gaussian here and in this case we happen to know that it's because of a huge tail so these these small number statistics are the hardest ones to me to manage in fantasy these are the hardest yeah i yeah i agree these are the hardest ones to manage through statistical analysis yeah and i mean this isn't this isn't again not a unique problem to fantasy baseball it's a problem for statistics all the time and this is a place where the margin of error just happens to explode like any given week you might get a whole bunch of you might get wins out of all of your pitchers and that would be crazy (laughs) you know and then the next week you'll have zero and and both of Mm -hmm. those are basically you know equally likely Equally likely, yeah, yeah. So I think that that gets to as as we'll get into the different kinds of algorithms to be used for forecasting. Really, this can't use the same statistical methods that the av- the ratio stats can. Or yep. we're going to get get to this in a second. Um, the other the other statistic. So we need to we need to make sure that we're not using those. It, we've already always talked about this. Like you have a wins model, and it's like I know. It's just, and that predicts it for the whole season, right? Even yeah. like, 
like CBS gives you projections for the week on who's going to get a win. I don't want to. I don't want to see that someone's going to be able to get like what. You know, okay, they're going to get zero point one seven of a stolen base. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, like, no, I, don't present it to me that way. I am more interested. As you say, oh, I'm going to get zero point four two RBIs. Okay, well, that's interesting. And three point four nine. Um, at bats and zero point eight seven hits, like okay, those are va- those are values that we can actually do something with. But yeah, and, and so and so that motivates our next thing, which is the the yeah. large sample statistics. And I'm gonna, I'm going to lump the last category in here too. So it's runs, RBIs, Ks. These are bona fide large number statistics where they're going to normal out over the course of the year. And then there's home runs, which I think is somewhere between small number statistics and large. It's not it's not a pure small number in the sense that. A lot, a, a lot of guys will get to a statistical sample, and you can already see this from the median that I'm going to report. You can start to, see, yeah, you can start to see the the curve. Right? Yeah, you, it's you not a, a normal curve, yeah. but it's it's a curve. That's right. So for K's right now, the median is 117. Uh, median for runs is is 31. Median for RBIs is 30. Median for home runs is seven. So obviously, K's <laughs> is like the most safe of all of these i mean this case is probably arguably the most statistical sample <laughs> that we've got across fantasy baseball well um, unless you were to look at hits instead of average which we've done a little bit of discussing sure sure actually i i agree with that too that's a great point but but runs and rbis these basically track each other and these are pretty safe um especially if you look at the universe of of top 200 plate appearance getters so for for instance in runs it's the median is 48 if you just ask for the top 200 guys median for rbis is 45 if you just ask for the top 200 plate appearance guys i mean that i'm pretty confident that those are going to be statistical samples that you can you know you can really say something about these guys and how they're doing so so that's i mean that's an overview of just how just why why fantasy baseball is so rich because you've got all of these categories um and then the sampling then we got to figure out sampling so I don't know. What should we do? What do we do for sampling? What what should I have done to to make these numbers? <laughs> well, yeah. So you assigned me some to talk about sampling techniques. So uh, and and you did some of the research on this, which is great. So split this up into four different groups: random sampling, system, systematic, systemic, systematic <laughs> sampling, stratified sampling, and cluster sampling. Question mark says Mike. Um, so. It's, uh, a simple random sample sample is like the grab grab a player out of a hat. So just mm-hmm. just randomly like, oop, there we go. There's a player. Uh, who who is it today? Aldemias Diaz. Okay, let's use <laughs> let's base the the world on that. But based on the number of players that we want to have, so we want to have a ten percent sample. That's um, twelve thousand twelve thousand twelve hundred ninety seven players. So we should really get thirteen players. So go into the hat. 12 more times and and grab a random player. Ooh, there's Aaron Judge. Okay. Ooh, here we go. Here's Trent Grissom. Um, you know, we get then all of a sudden you have you have a sample. Systematic sampling would be to say, okay, let's say again that 10% sample that we want to have of players. Let's just let's just look at 10% of the players. Um, well, let's order them in some sort of way. Maybe that could be on the number of runs that they got last year. Mm. I prefer for to be truly to randomize a systematic sampling to be like alphabetically because that shouldn't correlate yep. we can take a look but i don't think that that correlates with performance well that'd be <laughs> so that's like, an awesome take, thing to look at <laughs> yeah yeah take every 13th player and then all of a sudden you're gonna have you're gonna have 
um, no, every 10th player, if it's a 10%. Then you're going to have your sample stratified would then be, that's that's an interesting one because yeah. that starts to get to our, to our problem here like put together subgroups like maybe position like we don't yeah. we want to have, make sure that right. we have our population has at least one catcher in it right one first baseman one second baseman one third baseman and then right x number of utility players um and then cluster sampling so grab a known grouping of of individuals so the example, the example in reading up on it is like grab a household and figure right. out like so my, my previous like trip number, grab a household, find how many trips they have. Well, in in fantasy, maybe it's like grab all the first basemen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Grab the Red Sox and then base your statistical model out off of that. So like when we're doing our, our lineup order thing, it's like, well, if we just grab the Pittsburgh Pirates then we'll have a good sense of what the of like. The person who bats first, how many more plate appearances they'll have than the player that bats eighth. Yep. And we can just base, base our analysis off of that with our caveats being like, well, Pittsburgh Pirates suck. And they actually are going, we know that they're going to have fewer um, at-bats total than Houston. So does do closers fit under cluster sampling? Like I, I, They have to, okay. yes. Yeah, you have to grab a yeah. known grouping, yeah. which would be, players that are put into save opportunities. So when we create that, we have to do what is is S save plus BS blown save greater than zero. Because if they've never had an opportunity, then they're not a closer. They're not going to close. Right, right. So you have to you have to look at that too. Yeah, it's a funny one because you can't, closers, you can't a priori predict who's in the population <laughs> unless, unless no. you bring it from, from the raw numbers, right? You can bring in external information like, the manager said this person's going to be a closer <laughs> or something. But well, it's so interesting, right? Because if you go through the statistics and you're like, you know who the, like the, well, I guess the Braves did, uh, the Brewers did this. So you're like, you know who's probably like the top 10 closer is Devin Williams. Right. Oh, he never closes any games. Oh, well, you know, we could do something about that and change it. <laughs> right. But I had this at the beginning of the year. I was like, going into this year, I was like, Paul Sewell is going to be mm. like, He's going to be pretty good. Like, looking at the stats, like, he's got closer stats. Wasn't to start the year. And then all of a sudden, hey, you know who's gotten some saves? <laughs> Puzzled. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I'm interested in all of these because we, oftentimes, we, I think our most, our workhorse sampling technique here is stratified, right? Because we are, well, I, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, I think it's stratified because we're sorting first by things like, the number of plate appearances or the number of innings pitched and saying like, okay, I'm only going to consider this statistical sample above a certain threshold. Right. And we're, and we're trying to do things like when we say these thresholds, it's like what we're creating. The subgroup is like everyday player. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's, it's, and that's, that's a subgroup. It's all of the, all the guys that actually play. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. No, that, that's really true. I mean, I think we, Random is hard because because we know that there are gigantic tails in in fantasy baseball, so it tends to be a less a less good use because you know as as we discovered here for any for any random pull of of guys here, um, you like if we if we went back to um, the stolen base idea or something, a random cut of guys, there's going to be one that's not helpful. <laughs> one stolen base is well, the median. There again, that goes to what the uh, I was quoting for you. Where, uh, do, 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 do. Um, necessary sample size. 
Mm, yeah. There is an equation for necessary yeah. sample size, and it's based on z-scored standard deviation and the margin of error. Yeah. So the idea is like if you put in the margin of error that we want to have on the on the end, end of this, then we can know what the necessary sample size is. Yeah. And that might <laughs> that might dictate it. But you're right. In the, like in the in the context of like stolen bases, like that necessary sample size for our modeling might be huge. Yeah. To actually get the right to to have a population that is reflective of the whole whole league. Yeah. And sometimes that's not even helpful because that's not what we're actually looking for. We don't want to have, we don't want to model towards everybody getting two stolen bases. No, no. And, and that's, again, I mean, we, we know that stolen base getters are going to be a challenge in the, in the cluster sampling as well. I mean, somehow we have to def- define that cluster. It's just not easy. It's just a challenge. But that's what makes fantasy baseball a fun statistical question. Like anyone who plays, you, you said this, anyone who plays fantasy baseball and thinks that they don't like stats is wrong because intuitively they have to to be able to play this game. Yes, exactly. We are all just intuitively doing stats over and over and over. And that's it. You don't have to think in standard deviations and mean, median, mode and all these other descriptive statistics. You just know like, well, that guy is better than... <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, most I mean, of the average guys that I would want to own. Yeah, this in this hopefully this is a lo- meant to be a little bit of simple demystifying <laughs> of sort of why some of these some of these things work out. Yeah, I think that about brings us to the review session. Tristan McKenzie. Tristan McKenzie, twenty-five-year-old pitcher for the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Here, uh, I mean, we should we should talk about what we should talk about his vital stats first. He's due to six-five, listed at one hundred and sixty-five pounds. Uh, whoa, Chris Sale, he's coming for <laughs> whoa. you. Whoa, all right, this year, uh, 2022, he's got eight wins, nine losses in 21 games started. Remarkable part here is that he's got a 3.14 ERA and a 0.97 whip. So, Cleveland, please give him some run support. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Um, 124 strikeouts over 134 innings. I uh, would love to see that number come up a little bit, but I mean. I'm looking at his percentile rankings here and the color coding. Is he just is he getting lucky? Is he putting is he putting a lot of luck together on ERA and WHIP? Because he doesn't seem to have a lot. It doesn't even seem to have a super ton going for him. Average exit velocity high. Guys are barreling up on him. Like what is it? What are the what pitches are they barreling up on him? Because it's it's I it's not the fastball because there's not not that many home runs against him. Yeah. This is a little surprising because looking at the numbers, it's like, oh, well, actually, I don't know. If I, but that's sort of the – from looking at him last year, I was right. like, um, I, don't, I don't really believe in this, this guy But not, not, to, not to have all of our conversations bleed together, but he's a huge margin of error guy this year, right? Because you picked him late, and he's out here workhorsing you with a great ERA and whip and getting some Ks at it too. I mean – this this is pretty good. He's he's helping all of your ratio stats. <laughs> yeah, and he's getting a decent number of innings, you know, for this kind of a guy. Well, he's one of the he's one of the eighty guys over a hundred innings, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, you asked about luck, and I I therefore go to FanGraphs to I look know. at a couple of I know couple of statistics. Um, what do you want to get? Oh wow, well, he's traditionally been, I guess. Uh, a little bit lucky. All right, so give me what you think the delta is between his left on base last year and this year. Uh, 
Try 13. Ooh, I thought 10 was going to be high. I thought 10 was going to be a big, that's a big shift. That is um, uh, definitely some luck there. Okay, now, and here's, the, so we said, what was the average? 229, right, is the average for players. Yeah. Hitting average. Where do you think his BABIP is right now? So that's that's already stratified, um, <laughs> stratified sample where you've removed all the, all the balls that aren't never went in play. So this should be higher than 229. Where do you think his BABIP is this year? I mean, I hope it's not above 275. Wait, no. Oh, sorry. I, uh, the other way. I hope it's, I hope it's, wait, is it going to be like 229? Is it going to be like right on it? It's 223. That's ridiculous. But last year was 227. So there's something about, well, Cleveland's defense is, is not bad. Well, I mean, he, they took him out Rosario he and does, put him, in, put him he, everywhere. He does put balls on the ground. I mean, he is he is obviously pitching towards he is obviously pitching towards grounders. And you can see you can sort of see it in his. Oh delivery. yeah, you watch all of his pitch. Yeah. All of his pitches are like they just cut down <laughs> yeah. at the very last second. So if you that uppercut swing is is going to knock some out of the ballpark, but not that bad. So home runs per nine. How many do you think he's got? I um, home runs per nine. I'm going to go with two point four. 1.34. Oh, that's so low. That's so low. Yeah, and then his walks per nine is two. So home run fly ball percentage, a home run to fly ball is 11.5. So is, it, is this what the profile of a control pitcher looks like in the terms of the percentile rankings? I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm surprised by this average exit velocity and barrel percentage, but is that just saying that like, no, a control pitcher is supposed to have a, a control pitcher would have a lower whiff and average. I think the barrel and whiffs would be split for real control player, a control pitcher. Because if you've got control, that means that people aren't barreling up on you. That's not good. Yeah, you don't want them to barrel up on you, even even if they're always hitting ground balls. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I'm gonna get, well, I got one more fan graphs thing, I guess, before we okay. we finish this. His ERA is 3.14, correct? Yep. Pi. His FIP is 4.1. And oh. his XERA and XFIP are 4.05 and 4.08, respectively. So, respectively. so he's, he's getting lucky by about a run. Or Cleveland has that good of a defense okay so i'm i'm willing to put up what i'm willing to do this calculation over under for the rest of the season era of four from today all right so wait let's i i want to take the under on something i cannot take the under on four but let's average 4.5 4.10 and 4.08 which are sort of the what he should be getting in a vacuum so would that be 18 23 divided by three is essentially 4.08 four point I will take the under on four point oh eight. Would you? Will you? Will, are you willing to do that? Yeah, I am. I think. I think he's going to have a bit. I am seeing a big regression, and and then we're going to have to really decide what to do about him on draft day, <laughs> because what does it mean if he had a good half of the year and then a big regression and he's twenty five? I I think that Tristan McKenzie is going to be a challenging guy to evaluate next year. I also think he's going to go off the board quite early. <laughs> Right, and what's funny is it's like a lot of people are talking about Hunter Green and yep. me being one of them. But who would you rather have over the course of the oh. year? Well, I would t- I'll tell you what, Mackenzie Gore, yeah, who you took a little bit later and has done um, solidly good stuff. 
Yep. All right. Who are we doing next week? We're going to talk about Jose Barrios. Ah, love talking about Twins player. Oh, wait. What team does he play for? It's okay. I think I think I can still make it a. I think I can still put a positive spin on it for me. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. <laughs>